No rock stars, roadies, or groupies were harmed in the making of this broadcast. On the Rocks with Jamie Wilson is brought to you by Offshore Music. Go where the sound takes you. Giving it to you straight and no chaser. This is On the Rocks with Jamie Wilson. Hey, welcome to On the Rocks, man. It's our first episode, so I'd like to cheers you guys on for uh, tuning in. Thanks a lot. You know, uh, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a good night talking uh, some wild stories and some crazy stories with a good friend of mine. But I want to talk a little bit first about why we created this show. You know, my partners here at Offshore Music, Ms. Heb Burns, and everybody in Offshore. Um, we we've been talking about a music show for the past couple of months, and we really just thought of. You know, it's 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 amazing that you can just find music at your fingertips nowadays, uh, whether you uh, belong to a streaming platform, whichever that may be, you know, whether it be Spotify or Apple Music or even YouTube, you know, music is at your fingertips. And what we really thought about was, you know, to find out the stories behind the music, to get to know the men and women that created the music and more importantly, living the life of the music. And that's what this show is all about. So, of course, it's going to be a crazy show. Hey, it's me. So we have a few house rules here that um, I give to all my guests. And I hope you guys don't mind, because if you do, then, you know, there's not much you can do about it anyway. So tonight we're going to be drinking. We're going to be smoking. We're going to be swearing as we make cuento about music, living the life, the ups and downs, and everything it takes to become a musician and to live the life of a musician here in Manila or, hey, elsewhere, because, you know, pretty soon we're going to have some international guests as well. So On the Rocks is a concept that we thought about, you know, what would be the best setting for um, for an online show to get to know the the musicians better to get to know the artists better to get to know the people behind the music and and just just so you know we're not going to be just talking to artists and musicians we're going to be talking to designers um road managers roadies groupies the wives of you know we've got a whole program like lined up um until the end of the year actually we might have to extend because everybody's like coming in and booking and I, i'm really really grateful for that yeah so that's why we created this show and on the rocks, we were thinking, what's the best environment to be in? So just think of me as your, as your friendly bartender who's seen a lot of things and been through some shit, you know? And um, just believe that we're sitting in a bar, we're having a friendly drink, and we're having a, a chat. And that's pretty much all it is. But I'm going to be trying to ask some very difficult questions, not the usual question and answer that you see in the uh, in the interviews for the artists nowadays. Some left field, hopefully, um, you know, our, our artists and our guests are going to be game. And I think that's sorely lacking in the broadcasts nowadays. So we're hoping to fill up that space. So if you're tuning in right now, I'd like to thank you so much for tuning in. So tonight, we're going to be talking about the life and times of a legendary guitar player who is, you know, a good friend of mine and really is one of the best guitar players and one of the best people that I've actually had the privilege of knowing and playing with and gigging with and recording with in my life. Really, he's, he's instrumental in bringing me into the music scene. He's one of my mentors. And really, he's played with the greats. He is a Pinoy rock icon himself, and he's played with all the icons, such as Pepe Smith, 
Bosho, who's Edmund Fortuno. He's played with Samuelson Sean, Grace Nono. I mean, you, you name it. You know, he started out very young in the heydays of Pinoy rock in the 70s. And, you know, the best thing about it is he's recording a new album and it's being mixed and mastered right now. It's going to come, be coming out soon. Now, you know, this guitar player is amazing in the sense that every time you see him live, you walk away with a sense of awe at how he plays, what he plays, and basically, you know, everything everything about that performance is amazing. He's best appreciated live. But, you know, as we know, we're going through this pandemic now and this crisis. So live gigs, live gigs aren't happening yet, right? But I'm glad that he's recording, and I'm glad that we're digging up uh, some music that he's played so that it's going to be made available to you guys. So at least we get to enjoy his performances from our own home. So legendary guitar player, good friend, fellow Buddhist, one hell of a rock and roll guy. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for June Lupito. Hi, guys. Hey, June. How are you doing, hey, man? Jamie, we're back. I know. We're back, baby. We're back. So, June, how are you doing during this pandemic, man? You surviving? You okay? Still the same. Still the same, I guess. You know, I mean, watering the plants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for it to grow. Nagdidilig pa rin ng halaman. Yeah, there you go, man. Yeah, so, yeah. so, June, um, so we're very excited to hear about your new album. And we're really excited. I mean, you know, we're going to be hearing about that whole process, about how you ended up with Offshore and what this new album is about. But, you know, I want to talk to kids out there who are listening. The kids, yeah, right. Sorry, I'm, I'm a Tito of Manila already, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, the, 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 the kids don't really know who you are because they weren't around during the heyday. So I'd like to go back in time and basically give them an idea of the span of your musical journey, which is, you know, that spans like what, 40 years already? You've been a musician? 40 plus years? Yeah. 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 Going, going 40. Going on 40 years. See, that's, you know, and you're still, and you're, and you're about to release an album. That's fantastic. You know, that's fantastic. Up, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, hey, man, it's it, yeah, it's good fortune for me. Well, it's a blessing, baby. People. All right, so June, so let me know. So how did you discover music? How did you discover rock and roll? I, I woke up like uh, when I was like eight, seven years, eight years old. I woke up in the morning and I saw this rectangular case under my bed. I said, what's this, you know? So I pulled it out. It was a it was a 1956 Stratocaster, like Eric wow. Clapton's, you know, like a, it's it was a black and maple neck, you know. Nice. And it was my brother-in-law's Tony Halandoni's guitar. So it it was under the bed of checking it out, you know. But this is was really 1956 model. It's beautiful. And at at home in uh, in Valhalla in Pasay. We, uh, they always have jammings in the house. They have parties, you know, 1965, yeah, you know, 65, 66. They had parties and I see bands, I see Pepe, I see, you know, they were playing Stones here, you know, they, they played with the Beatles. Uh, I got that influence from them, you know. So what's the, first, I, what's, what's, the, what's the first, like, song, rock and roll song you remember hearing that made you sit up and say... Oh my God! This is this is it. Well, it's actually the song of the Beatles, like "Help." Help was the first one. 
Yeah. And you know, in the sixties, that was a new release. It gave me a like, whoa, that's a nice, that's a nice energy. The song is really powerful, and it hit me. And then, so you started. My, my sisters were playing Satisfaction on the other there side, you, the other. Room. There you go. Yeah, the bad boys of rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, you, you, um, so you, did you pick up the guitar immediately? Uh, did your brother-in-law, Shitoni Alandoni? Um... I just looked at it. <laughs> I was just uh, riding my bicycle and going around with my friends. You know, I didn't get it yet. God. What age were you in when you discovered the guitar? When you wanted to pick up and play the guitar? I played. It, I I picked it up an acoustic guitar with my brother-in-law. I picked it up like 1969. I I didn't know any chords. I was like 10 years old, you know, going 10. So how do I do this? So I just uh, plucked the strings, the E string, with my finger fingerprints, and I can hear it. It's funny because. Now that I'm a Buddhist, I'm chanting. I hear the same, the same frequency, the, the, same the, the tone. You know, yeah. With that, with with one string. Thing. Yeah. And so when you started learning uh, the guitar, what was the first song you learned? Well, it, there there were two love song by Elton John. You know, yeah. Of course, you're like a first year high school kid, and you know, you got a crush here on this. Finally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got interested with the Stairway to Heaven thing because it was like. Whoa, that's if I learn this, you know, probably they'll she'll answer me. <laughs> she, she, she did. She said no. <laughs> yeah, but that didn't stop they, you though. That didn't roll. stop you. Stairway to heaven, I had a little difficulty. So I asked my brother-in-law, which he was going to work. Said, Tony, can you teach me the the middle part? Because I figured out already the first part. Now yeah. the plucking, since I know uh -huh. how to pluck it, and the the thing, the 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 rhythm, like who makes me wonder that yeah. part. Jimmy Page was playing on a twelve string, so my brother-in-law was adding little little his pinky to a different, uh, and it will sound like a twelve string. Yeah, you know? so how do you do that? You know, <laughs> it's it's a trick. You know, so if you don't have a twelve why... string. It just moved this note here, and it, but I don't know what note it is, but I could remember everything that he taught me. So yeah, for those of you who don't so know, it was like, like I've, been, I've been playing, I've been playing with June um, for a while uh, over the years, and you you don't read or write music, right? No, no, I don't. Yeah, so it's all by I play ear. It by ear. Yeah, you play yeah. it by ear, and you I play it by out, like I checking out the, out the sound. By, there you go. I can so hear when the you, chords one by one. Mm -hmm. And where to put my strings? It's funny. I I don't know how I do it, but I do it. You know, <laughs> it's just the you know, it's just the magical rock and roll, baby. You know, you really love yeah, something, so and you're I gonna guess. and you're gonna figure out how to do it. Pepe will go in the house. I don't even know him. I, he always tells me, "Hey, you know, where's your sister? I wanna I wanna speak to your sister. <laughs> Who are you? See this? The twelve by uh, uh, the album of the stone. That's me. Really? You know? Okay." <laughs> Wait a minute. So my brother-in-law comes out and he goes, Oh, Tony, I said, you're a Filipino. You're, <laughs> you're fooling me, man. And this is Pepe Smith, guys. So he would yeah, I was like, house, I was like trying to hit on old. your sister. Yeah, yeah. And Pepe would be trying to hit on your sister. Yeah, That's yeah. Classic, he was wearing man. a turtleneck, a leather jacket at high noon. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like him. Plus leather pants, I'm sure, Pepe. So, so, Jude, so, so you picked up the guitar. 
And yeah. you told me that you started playing in a choir? When we moved, because we were moving. When my dad died, we started moving around. So the, when I first held the guitar, it was on Bulacan. So when the when Neil Armstrong, when Apollo 11 landed, that's where I started, you know, to play this. He hear this tune. And then we moved to um, Tondo. The town's called Barrio Obrero. It's like uh, going to Caloocan City okay. via uh, Rizal Avenue, going straight to Monument. Monumental. During the seventies, it was still, it was still, it was martial law. By the way, that yeah. time it was declared yeah. martial. And I was there. We could. It was a lockdown already. <laughs> we couldn't go out and all that. So I met. Wait, so, so this is this is nineteen seventy two when martial law was declared. Yeah. And, you know, it was just the anniversary of martial law. And yeah. you know, since you since you brought it up, I mean, how different was pre-martial law into martial law. I mean, you guys had to deal with curfews. Yeah, um, we had, we had to deal Did you have curfews. long hair? Did you have long hair back then? No, I didn't have Because I was still in my teens. I was like 12, hmm. 13 years old. So, you know, I couldn't. The school wouldn't allow it, you know. So we couldn't grow our hair long. Ah, okay. So anyway, during that time, I met some guys who who's really into it, you know. I mean, playing guitars too. It was like a, a showdown by all the <laughs> other guitar guitar players in Tondo. It's just like, wow! It's an early, you know, like a competition, you know. Yeah. But during that time, I was I, I was playing at a, at a choir. We were called the Peacemaker. It was like a jazz mass kind of thing. A jazz mass. That's yeah, yeah, crazy. yeah. That's amazing. When the choir goes to take their break. We start playing yeah. uh, "My Sweet Lord" and uh, oh, you know, nice George Harrison songs. You know, I mean, yeah. I was playing slide at a very early age, like thirteen. You know, I was trying to. I couldn't hit it. You know, <laughs> but mm. I was trying. You know. And yeah, you know, and there's there's a there's a gala the the uh, the Reina Elena procession, you know, we play at the back of that. And also when, when it's Holy Week or the Fatima, we play at the back, you know. But this was all handmade, uh, homemade uh, amplifiers and electric guitars, you know. It was, it was different during that time, you know. We didn't have Fenders or Gibsons. It was like the rinky-dink uh, instruments that you can have, you know. That's like Lomano. The other side of Lomano, Bahani. There's there were two stores in Santa Mesa. It was oh. Bahani and Lumano. Bahani was kind of big during that okay. time. Okay. And then Lumano was just like starting up, you know. So the guys that I was growing up was with with the Bahani guitar makers, you know, in Pampang. Mm. So, you know, I the guy there was very good. He knows all the Beatles songs. Even if he closes his eyes, you know, he knows it, you know. Ask anything, he knows it. But I was into the Allman Brothers, the Eric Clapton, you know. I mean, all the psychedelic things, you know. We were jamming like we were four, four in the group. Uh, the three played guitar and the other guy sings and plays harmonica. We were called the, the Tondo Blues Band. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, this is a sideline from the peacemakers, you know. Yeah. The peacemakers were playing in, in the church, right? Yeah. And uh, the Tondo Blues Band, us, we play when there's a lamai, when there's somebody dead. <laughs> so you play at the wake. <laughs> play there. And they, they so, always request their way to heaven because they want their, their, their relative go straight to heaven. <laughs> so it was kind of weird, you know. And 
yeah, I was playing basketball at the same time playing guitar. I didn't know if I wanted to play to become a basketball player or play the guitar. So yeah, when you've I always been a big basketball fan. Yeah, I hurt my little pinky. I said, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't be a player. I'm too short. But I can be a guitar player because I'm a really good guitar player. Yeah. So basically, so if there's a if there's a wake, you request nila or let's have the tondo blues. Yeah, 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 yeah. We jam there till because the curfew goes till twelve um, o'clock to four in the morning. So you're stuck there in the wake for twelve to four. You know? So you think you can't be on the road basically. You have yeah, to be there's a lot of men from home. There's a lot of cops. Oh. There's no barangay. It's all it military cops. You oh. know. Oh. You know, they'll take you and shave your head, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's that happened yeah, a lot during martial law. That's what they do from, best, anyway. <laughs> from the Tondo Blues Band, um, you started getting into folk singing. Yeah, right? uh, then I I I left school. I left school okay. very early. I didn't finish high school. Yeah, who I needs tried. who needs high school, man? I didn't finish yeah, high no, school. No, I, I still tried to uh, <laughs> to study vocational, you know, like yeah. uh, automotive and all that. And by that time, I knew I knew some chords already. I knew some songs. My my sister told me try to sing all of this, 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 that, this, that, that, this. So I auditioned. I auditioned in the club, but you know, the club, the the folk house said you don't sound like uh, uh, John Denver. You don't sound like Neil Young. You don't sound like who are you? I said, should I be someone else to play? <laughs> Yeah, you have to be some like uh, sounding like this artist, yeah, Jim Croce that, that's, or that's, Cat that's Stevens big, or James Taylor. That's the big deal in the so Philippines, I, right? Yeah, you I couldn't, always have I to couldn't be like a Jeff Beck of the Philippines or the Neil Young of but the then, Philippines. This was a different thing. This was a folk folk singing yeah, folk thing. In the man, yeah. So I had to be somebody. So, but that time, 1975, I remember Frampton comes alive. Peter Frampton was famous. It just went. Headlines. He's yeah. he's the the main man in the folk. He was like, I'll try this guy. So I started singing, "Baby, I love your way, show me the way," and all that. You know, "Penny for your thought." You know, I tried to play that. So finally, they got me. Okay, you can be in the folk house. So I got a slot. You know, and you so guess was, what? That was you your first gig. Yeah, yeah. It was called DGIF. It's near FEU and uh, UE and. Uh, Guess what? My alternate in the folk house was Chico Ipura. <laughs> and he so was Neil Young. That's no wonder I couldn't I couldn't come in as Neil Young because there somebody took my slot already. <laughs> he, he was very good singing Neil Young. You close your eyes, you'll hear it's Neil Young. I mean, during that time, that's what they want to hear. It's either you sound like James Taylor. There, there were like five James Taylors during my time, you know, and like three cat Stevens and the the folk the girls the folk singers they, they sound oh. like Joan Baez you know I mean all yeah. these people Snow and all these Johnny Mi- there's this Johnny Mitchell girl you know there's this uh Janice Joplin yeah, yeah there were three Janice Joplins here oh. in my time but that's because that's what they wanted to hear the folk house the people who were booking the gigs and even the audiences diba dapat plakado dapat yeah, yeah, na, like you said pagpikit mo ng mata mo dapat naririnig ko si Neil Young or she Janice so what I, did, what I did to survive that is like, uh, okay, I'll sing a set, one set, and then um, I'll let I'll jam with whoever my alternate is. You know, I'll nice. jam two, okay. two guitars. Oh. I, 
I won't sing. I'll, I'll sing back backup, but I'll jam oh. with her or him. So you got a, you got a chance to play with everybody on the line. I got to play, yeah. And uh, 1976 was a good year because we had a we had a, like a grand uh, folk singing thing at Phil Am Life Auditorium. I don't know if you remember that in UN Avenue. Yes, yeah, I, I love had, the theater. Yeah, yeah, that theater. We played there. Um, it was sponsored by some German group. We played there, and I backed up all everybody who played there. I was at the back, you know. I'll just sneak in the curtain, like, and the people. Ah, I did it. Then I start coming in, you know, and with, it's an acoustic guitar with yeah. a AKG, a small one, small mic inside oh. my my guitar, and I make it scream, man. I make it scream. Of course, it, I couldn't hit the high notes because it's only up to, it's an acoustic. You know? Yeah, yeah, you can't and wail. After, you know? after that stint, we went around. Folk, folk singers go around. You go TGIF, then you go to, um, my father's mustache was located down near Hospital ng Manila in MH yeah. Pilar. The real, yeah. my father's mustache. The first one, yeah. And then uh, there's the Scholar House by Luneta. It was also okay. Nice food. You know, <laughs> and uh, the Hobbit House was not yet the Hobbit House. I didn't uh, get to know Injus Bravos then. Mm. That Hobbit House that the that the, the young kids know was before Injus Bravos, which I didn't get to see. Yeah, but I got played there with uh, this folk singer, really Filona. He's now in Germany. We played there, and the name of the the folk house was the Last Unicorn. The Hobbit house was in front, the yeah. other side. The Fellowship story, of the Ring. You know? I've heard stories of Indios Bravos and of the Last Unicorn, man. But yeah. yung naabutan ko lang yung Hobbit house. Ay, yeah, your Hobbit house. You know that painting? The, yeah, the Lord of the Rings. Of the the house, Lord yeah. of the Ring. I, I was there when they were painting that. It was like um, Johnny Moldero, this artist, uh, this uh, the part owner. He was painting that that thing there, you know. And of course, during that time, you know, I mean, somebody passes you a piece of paper and you, and you just flick it and, whoa, it's the Lord of the Rings. Oh. <laughs> He's moving, man. Gango. And then I see Pepito comes in. It, that's him. <laughs> that's him yeah, in the Pepe, painting. Yeah, that, you know? that's Pepito Bush right there. My first actual band was uh, with uh, Pete Canson. And this is when you went Pete electric Canson, already? Um, and uh, it was called the Genesis 2. It, it was kind of like a progressive ethnic Filipino jazz, you know. It was different. Yeah, Hello, I June. went electric already. Some, electric I didn't have an electric, but some good Samaritan gave me an electric. Hey, you need a guitar? Here's a, a Greco Stratocaster. I don't need it. Nice. That's fantastic. Thank so, you. Yeah, but it, it's amazing because your experience with the folk singers, uh, especially if you're jamming with everybody who would come up and play and backing them up, you must have had such a huge repertoire of songs that you actually knew. I mean, or anything. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I don't know the song. It's like my this is uh, go back again. Let's go back h- how my brother-in-law taught me. He taught me pentatonic scales of major and minor, my uh, okay. major seven and minor, minor yeah. seven. That's all. Something yeah, just find the key. The, these are the scales, and from there, it's you can play anything your yourself. I can't. I can't teach you what I know. You will develop what you have. It's like okay, uh, so- it's like Obi Wan to. There are some questions now, and um, since you we're talking about your 
your electric uh you're going into the electric days uh shout out to uh, Tracy Gomez Tracy she's saying hi and uh, she has a question here so who gave you okay. the red stratocaster that you had as your main axe until the 90s I remember that beat up red stratocaster man yeah yeah, yeah. I, I got that actually my brother-in-law when I when I went to Hong Kong I thought I was going to go to London Paris New York and landed in Florida, but that didn't happen. So my brother-in-law gave me this guitar. This is so he's, so that was that that and that was your that was your beautiful that's a, beat up that's red a, strap. That's all I have. Red, yeah, yeah a red guitar, three chords, and the truth, man. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So okay, so like electric and that's a Genesis too. So you started playing progressive ethnic jazz and all that. So you've gone from folk. To ethnic jazz. But now, I was what still, was I was your... still, when I was in Hong Kong, my brother-in-law was teaching me to get out of the three chords system, go extensive extensions, you know, go a little jazzy, you know, like yeah. chromatic and you know all these other scales, you know. So I tried, I tried, you know. My closest was like um, Jeff Beck and um, Alan Holdsworth. I was trying to get his scales. Pat Metheny, I like him. Yeah. I like the way he makes those melodies. Larry Carlton, yeah, they always, they liked it during that time, you know. But then I got, I bumped into this guy in Hong Kong. He's a rocker. He's a Chinese and he's got the backup Filipino. Uh, Joseph Tofashi was the bass. He's the, the nephew of Roger Herrera. He's a very uh, profound bass player here in the Philippines during that yeah. time. And the guy sounds like, um, the Chinese guy sounds like Rod Stewart. He sings, you, a, boss is, you yeah. close your eyes, it's him. You know, it's the same voice, the same intensity. Yeah. But did he have an act? And, but there an was accent? a main act. There was a main act. The, the right. Ram Band, you know. Um, it was, um, it was... Did he have an accent when he well, sang? He's though? Chinese, you know. I mean, you know, he eats noodles. So you started yeah, playing yeah, rock I and mean, roll. You started yeah, playing rock we, and roll in Hong Kong already. We we stole the show from the main app. So we were like, uh, it was an AC hall where Eric Clapton played. You know, I, they even had reggae, the Rick's Cafe. You know, I go yeah. down there, some Filipino guys that I know play reggae. This is so, in the Hong Kong side because I stay in the cop, the uh, the other the side, side, the Kowloon yeah. side. So okay, so you started playing rock and roll. Uh, this is like you... 1979 to 1980. Yeah. And then CNN yeah. just came in, you know, it was like, whoa, what's this? You know, and all these, you know me, I get to, I, I get lucky. I get yeah. to tour like the Aberdeen Court, Repulse Bay, you know what I mean? Some, some English guy, Canadians and all these rich Chinese. Hey, hey you, you sound good. You sound like this, you know. Yeah, we have a party. Can you play jam with us? Yeah. So okay, so wait, wait let, let me let me go back. Um, because when did the airwaves happen with Pepe? After after that uh, Genesis two, it happened nineteen seventy seven. When I left Genesis two, yeah, I left I left uh, Genesis two because Pepe picked me up, and Pepe asked me, "Would you like to join um, the, uh, my new band, Gary Perez, Edmond Fortuno, and Don Diledesma?" So I go, "Okay, sure, why not?" So I joined them, the airwaves, yeah. And so it, was, how, it how... was like a, a different league, you know. It's like um, it was like playing with the with the big boys, you know. And I was the youngest. How old Very were you young, then? Actually, how old were you? You were seventeen, 17 years old, and you were playing with Pepe and the Airwaves already, and Boshos, Edmond Fortuna. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Fantastic. So, uh, any big gigs you remember, or any gigs that stand out during the time? We're always wasted. <laughs> no, I, I could still remember. I could see some of it. You know, <laughs> it was good. It was cool. You know, it was cool. Yeah, yeah I think we played uh, lots of gigs. Baseball stadiums, Rizal Baseball Stadium. We played at um, really, really disturbing places, actually. But uh, we pulled it off, you know. I mean, people liked us, you know. I mean, they like Pepe, you know. I mean, Pepe's like, uh, he can run he can run for president if he wanted during that time. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. So you, you, you're jamming with Pepe at, yeah. at 17 years old. You're doing all these big gigs and all that. Um, yeah. And of course, you're always wasted because that uh, it's the '70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what brought you? What brought you to the jerks? Before the jerks, actually, I was playing. I went back to Hobbit because it was it was too heavy for me with the big boys. So I went back to the Hobbit, and Rico Velez, the founder of the reggae here was there playing in a country group called the Moonshine, you know. Yeah. So I was playing slide with these guys. We moved into this uh, private club, 1978. We moved into the club. Uh, you, you remember there's a tailoring called Toppers at San mm. Andres, you know what I mean? Mm. The fourth floor was converted to a private a club, a club for us, you know what I mean? Okay. Pepe was there, um, floor... I met Flora and he said, you need a drummer, you know. Okay, so I got I got Flora for the drums. Rico was playing bass and I was playing guitar and Pepe would sing and Boy Royal would play uh, David Bowie's and all that. And one time, after that one-year thing, I told, uh, I saw Chikoy. I said, why don't we put up something because all my singers are all wasted. <laughs> <laughs> I end up singing also, you know what I mean? So I end up making my guitar sing. So I tried to play like Jeff Beck, you know? Like, yeah. And Chikoy was still studying. He was trying to finish his school. It'll be in a couple of months, Julian said, okay, okay. Have you ever wanted to make a podcast but just couldn't get your shit together? Well, guys, look no further because there's this great app called Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast on your computer or straight from your phone. All the creation tools you need in one place, plus an idiot-proof interface, makes it a one-stop shop. It's never been easier to create, publish, and distribute whatever your dirty minds want to say. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Smooth like butter, baby. So we started that and we we named our band The Bureau. It was me, Rico Velez, Flor Mendoza, and Chicoy. And Chicoy. And Pepe. And Boy Royal. The two singers were still hanging around with us, wasted, like, okay, <laughs> you know. And after that, we stayed for a while. Then I left. That's the time I went to Hong Kong. I left with someone, you know. And uh, after, after the someone bureau, left me too. <laughs> oh, oh. I mean, so why did you leave? Because yeah. it's sobrang gulo na. Sobrang magulo. Yeah. Then when I came back, the jerks was there already. They named it the jerks. It didn't come from me. But you had a long run with the jerks. That yeah, was like what, yeah. five or we, six years? We, 
we played uh, five years. We were in Alongapo from from eighty one to eighty five, I think. Yeah. And this was the Alongapo Hades. That was rock and roll, man. That was fucking rock and roll. It because was like, you know, you go the in US. the base, you go out the base, you know, they take you to the aircraft carrier and show you all these, holy shit, you know. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I mean, plus the money was good. You go back and forth. We played there for four nights and it was like a training. It was like yeah. a Navy SEAL training, you know, like you play an hour and 15 three sets and sometimes when the seven fleet is there you play the whole night till morning yeah, yeah. i can imagine so that's so that's like you know the heyday of of Alongapo with the u.s bases um and yeah, i'm yeah. sure all the u.s servicemen were loving you guys yeah, yeah. wow i still i still get to talk to them you know i mean they're still around you know they're in california they're in missouri they're you know i mean they're all scattered around you know so it's nice yeah. it, it, it was an experience and then, of course, uh, that time I was heavy. In- oh, all right, he disappears. So we're just we're just listening to see this. This is so epic, guys. We can go on forever, telling the stories of um, of June, because I mean, if you just we're just we're still in the seventies for crying out loud, and you know that's we're we're already shortcutting for um, when he started playing in Alongapo, and you know that's the heyday. That's the seventies. I mean, that's the Basically, that's the scene that we all wish we could have now, right? Or at least when I started back in the 90s. You know, those, those were the heydays. You had, you know, the long hairs, the U.S. bases were here. And from uh, June's uh, Cuento with me before, uh, you know, he would, he would tell me stories about his, his heydays in Alongapo and how when the 7th Fleet would be in and you have all these sailors who are just into, um, yes, uh, so Trissy, Trissy Gomez, heavy into what? Cliffhanger. Yeah, imagine. He just started talking heavy into, and then the internet cuts out. Oh, right there. That's your, um, that's Big Brother at work, probably. You know, um, who were the best bands in Longapo in the 80s? Um, I don't know. We're going to have to wait for June to come back because I wasn't there. I wish I was there, you know, in the 70s and the 80s. And that's when, you know, a lot of them, um, when, when the U.S. servicemen were here, they were directly responsible for us getting a lot of the sources of rock and roll because you know in that day and age um, when you go to the record stores all these rock albums were not really readily available um yeah you could find the beatles you could find some of the rolling stones right and uh june would actually be telling me stories about how these guys who would go into uh go to their gigs and would give them music would give them LPs, records, you know, which eventually turned into cassettes and turning them on into some really good music because the options were limited. It's not like how it is today where everything's at your fingertips or even, um, you know, a decade ago where you go into a record store and you're going to actually find decent albums. These were the 70s. So everything um, under martial law was really controlled. And the administration back then, the Marcos administration, remember, they thought that rock and roll was the devil. You know, it was a protest. It was, you know, unruly gatherings. It was a bunch of long hair. So that was frowned upon. So they even controlled the music and the broadcast of the music. There were some radio stations back in the day, um, legendary radio DJs who would break the rules and they would play rock and roll and they would go into um, like things that basically the government did not want them to play. And, you know, I'm glad that's why, you know, the freedoms that we have today in terms of 
the the content that we can view, the music that we can listen to is, you know, we're, we're so lucky and we're so blessed because everything's at our fingertips. So yeah, let's read some of the comments. Yeah. Um, you Did you play in the New Moon Concert at Antipolo Music Festival? Oh, I bet he was there. I bet he was there. Uh, no, was I'm back. Uh, I'm yes, back. and you're yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody took me away, you know, for a while. So, so, you were heavy into, and then blunk na wala ka. Sabi ko, oh no, it's yeah. Big Brother. I was heavy into it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, man. So, yeah, so those, those were the heydays in the Longapo, and um, the music scene must have been insane. And then you got into some trouble. Right? Yeah, I got into some trouble and I got jailed for quite uh for a couple of months. No, actually a half a year. Then That's when I got roll. out, huh? That is rock and That's roll. rock and roll, roll by uh, Yeah, yeah. Well Chikoy visited me and Pepe, you know, it was not bad, you know. <laughs> so Pepe you was hit, in with you? You hit the, the shitters, man. That's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so folks, try not to go to jail, okay? <laughs> it's not a good experience. But hey, you know, June's living testament that you can survive yeah, those but, days. You know, I'm so lucky. When I got in there, you know, I said, oh my God, they're going to rip my ass here, man. So <laughs> so I... Uh, the the guy there that's like the head, the mayor de mayores, is like, hey, aren't you June Lupito? Um, yeah. No, oh, okay, stay beside me, man. Otherwise, you'll get in trouble with the other guys. You know. So I got there. I just all I have to do is just play his songs. You know, every night he just jams every night. You know. Well, that's what also Pepe would make Quento when he was in jail. Every night he would have to play the guitar and sing, and it's walang katapusang him. Walang katapusan. Oh, you have to entertain them, you know. So, so there's it's a hardcore, question. Hardcore, man. It's hardcore. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a question back from the viewers that were asking, did you play the New Moon Festival? Or the Antipolo yes, Woodstock? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. I uh, Yeah, during that 77 thing, I was playing with a lot of bands, actually. I was playing... Um, Nilo Santos got me because my brother-in-law is also part of the Nielsen Productions. And uh, mm. Tessie Alfonso, Sampaguita, needed a singer. I uh, needed a guitar player. Guitar player. Since uh, she's very close with my sisters and they were like uh, old, really old friends. So I got the first pick, you know, I got... I got picked, you know. First draft, first yeah. draft. But then it was like I was playing with, uh, we formed this group. It was like um, Jose Hilario, uh, Javi Perez Rubio on drums, Jose Hilario on guitar, uh, Ray Nunez on bass, and uh, Mon Alberto on keyboards, and me in Sampaguita. That's the first Sampaguita group. Yeah, yeah. In folk arts. It was the first new moon. Man, what yeah. I would give to be, to have been alive there to watch that, man. It was it was it was pretty it was pretty neat. The full moon concert was pretty well well oiled and organized, man. It was good. It was good. Yeah, yeah. I did play for Sampaguita. Yeah. Okay. So after so uh, so you get out of jail, right? So you get out yeah. of jail. You survive jail by playing uh, music uh, for your jefe. Uh, yeah. You know? And by the way, by the way, when I was in jail, I was already a Buddhist when I was in the Longapo. And I, I, I was just chanting three Nam Renge Kyos all the time. I never really recited the sutra. But of yeah. course, you're in jail. You, you don't have anything to do. So I, I memorized the sutra by heart there. 
So when I got out, it's like, whoa, you know, I'm so wait, free. So what, what brought what brought you to Buddhism? Since you brought it up, let's let's go into Buddhism already. What what drew you to Buddhism? Because I know what drew me to Buddhism. Well, um, and that that was actually you. <laughs> where I grew up in Valhalla, I always steal coins from my mom. And it was under this uh, bronze Buddha. And okay. it was like funny. Like I had the realization, like I asked my tita, What's, what, who is this? That's the Buddha. You know, it's Buddha Shakyamuni. Oh, okay. What does he do? Is he like, is he like God, like Jesus? Well, yeah. Who came first and who came? Well, he came before Jesus Christ. So it was kind of, okay. So what is he? He's like a he's like the Jesus of the Asia, you know, something like that. Okay. okay. And I, I was curious already, like now that I'm I understand it, like uh, an object of worship will uh, reflect. So if you look at the suffering, well, we already suffer, right? I asked my my Tita, why why are we looking at Jesus in the cross? Why can't we look Jesus in the where the where where Lola is, is just sitting down on a throne, it's smiling like this Buddha is just smiling, you know. And then twenty years later, I get to meet Mani Adeya, which is my childhood friend. Yeah, Mani Adeya is watching right now. This Hi, man. Mantra. I heard this mantra, and I said, I heard it when I was in Hong Kong. Yeah. Said, What's this? It sounds like a jet plane, it's like going to take off, you know. So I said, there's probably a lot of people inside that room. And when the door opened, it was Mani. I said, Mani. And he goes, Rani. <laughs> so, you know, like, whoa, it's been a long time. Were you the one there? Yeah, it's me. Come, come, I'll show you something. So he showed me this mandala, the Gonson. I said, whoa, what's that, man? Yeah, just just sit down with me and just say this phrase. Nam yo ho three times. Okay. And then ever since that, you remember Valhalla? Yeah, of course, I, we grew up there. Let's go back there. So all of my childhood friends there were all on the same frequency. We were okay. all Nietzsche and Daishon in Buddhism practices, practitioners. So I said, I want in, you know. So I got in and from there on, I never let go. It what became me. <laughs> What was the first changes in yourself when you started practicing Buddhism? Well, I get to uh, smoke less. <laughs> <laughs> I get to save. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I get to, to play more more with heart and more with like uh, not just playing for myself. I, I, I got aware of playing. I'm not alone. I'm playing with people. I'm playing for the people. So it's like I have to be in tune with whom, whoever I am playing with. And at the same time, we have to make it really good so the people will feel that energy, that it's good. That's the reason why they become, they feel energized, you know. Yeah. Of course, who wants to watch a band that's fighting, man? I mean, that's true. Yeah, that's not fun. That's not fun. So it gave, it gave well, you, it gave I, I got it. I got into those kind of things also. Like everybody was fighting on stage. Like, what the hell's going on? You know. So what I do is I grab my guitar, get a cab, and go home. And they started calling me. No, I don't want to join your band anymore. You're always fighting. You know. Forget about that. You know. So Buddhism yeah, yeah. gave you Buddhism gave you a bigger sense of anything beyond you. Something bigger yeah, than yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. No? Yeah, yeah. I just and feel like a dragonfly, you know. <laughs> you just feel like, 
well, no, yeah, I mean, the ego and all that, they think you're the one. It's not. You're part of that big thing. That's what you have to put in mind. You know? Even for the younger younger musicians now, you have to put yourself behind. They come first because they're the one who makes you. It's not you that makes them. It's them that makes you. Without them, you're nothing. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, that's, I, I totally agree. And like hearing also, it's great to trace... Um, it's great to trace the influences of Buddhism because Manny, who I know also, see Manny Adeya, turned you on to Buddhism. And um, eventually when I started jamming with Coco Jam, and June was also part of Coco Jam, we're going to talk about that now. When I would go and hang out at Pepito Bosch's house in Pasay, you know, after all the gigs, we would just go to Pepito's house in Pasay, hang out, drink and smoke and, and stuff. And um, that's when I actually first heard the chanting. And it was June. So June turned me on to Buddhism, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll always be grateful for that because really, yeah, like what you were saying, it gives you a bigger sense of self. I'm thankful for you, Jamie. <laughs> we're all and part of this. It, it's just passing the, you know, it's like it's not passing, passing the torch, it's just passing you a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we can see in the dark, right? Yeah, we can see in the dark. So in Coco Jam, so let's go to Coco Jam. All right. Okay. Um, so you're, you're, you've already been practicing Buddhism. We've gone from Pipita's house. And Coco Jam is actually when I first started jamming live with the band. And this was in Fire and Rain. And this was with Coco Jam with Rolly Maliga and Rico Bell. Yeah. I know. We're going to bring up Fire and Rain on, on Pasay Road. Pal. It was yeah, the first time yeah, I ever jammed. And yeah. you were up there. You were up there. And that was my induction into rock and roll. Live <laughs> rock and roll. You know, but but you stayed a long time with Coco Jam. And, you know, for those of you guys who have never actually watched Coco Jam live, they are one of the few bands that I know of that can actually start out with a reggae song and turn it into a Grateful Dead, Allman Brothers, improvisational. <laughs> I remember uh, you guys would take, like, would do Woman No, no Woman No Cry because Raleigh was a big fan of Bob Marley. And you guys would play that song. It would go everywhere. And it became a 12-minute song because of the jamming. And it was beautiful because it was unpredictable. But how was your time with Coco Jam? That, how was your time with Coco Jam? That's the beauty That's the beauty. When you're on the edge, like you don't know what you're going to do, you have to create. You have to make a path. You have to do this, you know. So something that, comes up unex, un, unexpected. And it's, it's great. Everybody just look at each other like, where did that come from? Yeah, and, and that's great. that's exactly what would happen. But uh, so let's talk about your time um, with Raleigh, Puerto Galera, Coco Jam. Yeah, and yeah, going yeah. Into um, yeah. This is this is what happened. I was when I went to when I uh, kind of after the jail thing, I was playing. I I came to play with Sammy and Sean. He has a group called Eurasia, and this is this was after just the Edsa Revolution. I got released like. Uh, 24 days before, wow. before Elsa Revolution. Wow. So it was just like timing. It's like, this is the new me and the new Philippines, you know? Yeah. So I I, I, I played with uh, with uh, Eurasia for a while. We did that. And then I got, I did East Force all at the same time with Chicoy, Edmond, and uh, Rico Veles. And it was kind of getting too much of the, you know, the, the bad stuff. So I, I asked Pepito, Pepito, I, I don't, I don't want to play anymore. I, I can't do this thing anymore. So he said, you want a break? Yes, I want a break. So 
he introduced me to Kido Kalao and Rosemary yeah. in Kalao in Puerto Galera. Here you will stay for a while and make the best of what you can there. Yeah. When I was there, I played with uh, with Silajing and uh, all the other guys there in Puerto, and we started this uh, like a Pinic Pican thing, but it's in, in, in the islands, you know, like uh, living in the tropics, you know, kind of yeah. reggae kind of thing, you know. So it was good. And then I met Rolly because we were having the full moon parties, remember? Yes, full I remember those parties. Well, I barely man. remember those full Every moon parties. Every full moon <laughs> till, till it <laughs> rains, man. Yeah. yeah. So Rolly came there. The original Coco Jam was with uh, Dorai, his mm-hmm. former wife, and uh, Noe, the drummer of Asim, and Heli Umali of the Jerks too, the, the one yeah. I, come, uh, I substitute for. So they were there and... Rolly got kind of got in love with the place anyway because they they stayed there with Billy Bonnevie bef- at the Hobbit. The Hobbit went Puerto. I didn't. I couldn't go because I was stuck with airwaves and all yeah. that music business thing. So they went all to Puerto. I was left behind, and they started the Hobbit House there, and they were jamming there. So when when I saw Rolly and Rolly said, "Oh, I, uh, let's let's start jamming there," and everybody started to go separate ways. No, we went to Asin, uh, Grupong Pendong, and Heli went back to the Jerks, I think. And Rolly and I were there, so we started something. Rico Bellis came up, Edmond, and that's where Coco Jam thing. So we, when we landed back to to Manila. We, we played at Merrick's. And you guys, you, Miguel Ortigas, yeah. and all the other guys, hey, we have a place here. And, uh, Razorbacks playing there and uh, Wolfgang. So, okay, do we have a slot there? So, we got, we got, because of you guys, you know. So that was Tuesday night at Merrick's. I remember this. Coco Jam really burned, burned the kush. I mean, burned the bush. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's like, so that's, you know, every Tuesday night, Coco Jam would play in Merrick's. And every Friday night, they got a slot in Calia. Um, one of these iconic yeah, Macaque bars on, uh, on Palanca Street here. And um, that would be like, so I remember for the lineup of Calia, Wednesday night would be The Breed with Silamani Amador. The Breed, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Friday night is Coco Jam. And Saturday night would be Razorback. And we would all be just hanging out there, drinking, smoking, getting into trouble, playing music, <laughs> you know. Henry Strakowski says, hi. Mayricks in the 80s. Magical time, man. Ah, yeah, Henry. Henry. Long yeah. time, man. Long time. Oh. Long so, time. And then because you guys started playing in Calle, then you started um, playing in Fire and Rain as well. Then all of a sudden, Makati discovered Coco Jam. Yeah. And, and then, then we went to I- where, where did we go? Which beach did we play? That big oh beach in... Uh, uh, it was another ah. beach around Puerto. It was another beach around Puerto. We had a big gig there. But we also played in Sabang. We also yeah, yeah, played... Of course, of course. Yeah, I was, I was just a hanger-on. So I would actually show up wherever Coco Jam was because they would let me, you know, sing a few songs with them. And that's how I got the girls. Because, you know, <laughs> June, it's all about the girls, right? You know, because, you know, when you go to a Razorback gig, for example, like in the Cali days, when you go to a Razorback gig... The music's so loud, and then they're all poggy. So, wala kang makukuhang chicks, di ba? But whenever I go to the Coco Jam gigs, I'd be like, pa-jam naman, pare. Tapos, and then June would tell me, 
Bakit may chicks dyan, no? Yes. Diba? Yeah, White Peach. Tracy said, oh, yeah, we played, yeah, we played yeah, White uh, Beach. Yeah, yeah. Particular yeah. Music Festival in White Beach. And that yeah. would be the chicks, man, because the chicks were everywhere. But yeah, you really... They, they liked you, reggae. Yeah, they liked reggae. They could dance, you know. But of course, when I would come up, it wouldn't be reggae. It would be like, you know, the doors. It would be the doors, the doors. man. <laughs> Break on through the other side. Yeah, and I remember also some of those full moon parties. Barely remember those full moon parties, but it was a magical time, and you know, in a magical place because Kalaos was amazing, and it was a whole connection between Coco Jam, which was the unifying factor of everybody, right? And you were part of that. Um, it was Coco Jam in Calle, in Mayrix, in. Fire and Rain in Pasay at Pepito's house and then eventually in Puerto Galera at Calaos. So that was a whole... That was a different realm. <laughs> parang touring, parang touring circuit. Eh. I remember one time you guys played in Bacolod and Rolly was with Maricel already. Uh-huh. Uh, Rolly Malika. Um, and um, I asked if I could... Hey, do you have an extra ticket? And Maricel's sister... Uh, Mar- no, sorry. Maricel couldn't go. So I, she gave me my ticket. This was back in the days before online checking. You didn't need an ID, right? So I flew to Bacolod for a gig for you guys, to jam with you guys, that was put together by Junjun Poblador. And my ticket said Maricel Montero. <laughs> so can you imagine I got in the plane and, uh, and the flight attendant's like, okay, sure. And I'm like, I had long hair, you know, no, like Maricel Montero. Okay, so puede pa yon in those days, you know? <laughs> And I would just follow Coco Jam just to sing a couple of songs. Good, it was yeah. so much fun. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, the, the best part is really um, the musical education that we got from, from you guys. Because of your, you know, from everything from your folk singer training to your progressive jazz, ethnic, rock, and all that. And uh, us having no structure. The whole idea of jamming where you don't know where the song is going to go. That's what I really miss the most because, like June said, you're on the edge and you don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, more often than not, more times than not, it was amazing. Even even we, the June, after like 12-minute song, and we're like, wow, where are Even we would not be aware of where the song is going to go and where and how we actually ended up. It's like we continued the... The flower power thing, the 70s, you know. Yeah. I mean, they were playing as long as they can, you know. And this was in so the of 80s. Course, of course, the it's, not, it's not radio-friendly, you know. It's, yeah. It's, it's only RJ that plays it. The old RJ yeah. plays it like a, the, yeah. the way it should be. And so from Coco Jam, we started hanging out a lot because, I mean, I got turned on to Buddhism by June. So I was June was my mentor, so I kept on pestering him about... Buddhism, and I was looking for something to put my soul in other than rock and roll. I needed, I felt like I needed a form. Yeah, of, you got it already. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe in, in a form of faith. And that actually, that connection eventually down the years, when I started working in hit productions <laughs> as a sound engineer, because I needed a day job, right? And I no, landed no, a job. We, we still, we still had. Your band, our band, the Deadly Green. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that goes back to Miguel Ortigas's question. Yeah, um, Miguel Ortigas playing drums. Egg Pie was on bass, you know. Yes. Egg oh, Pie, then, or sometimes it's um, 
Johnny Besa. You know, yes. it's a picture. I think Deadly yeah. Green is still the best name for a band because you can yeah. take it in any sense you want. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Deadly Green. <laughs> Deadly Green, baby. Also known as Kush. <laughs> <laughs> And then eventually, so yeah, we we Deadly Green was short lived because we were just you know we were having too much fun, um, and we yeah, you know, every, we, every we, time we, every time we form something, we, we we name it a different a different, different name. Thing. Yeah, that's how it was. That you know a different combination of people. Depend. It's a gig. Iba yung pangalan namin. Iba yung pangalan. And there were so many gigs back then that we were actually getting to do under different names, and we didn't care. It wasn't about building a brand. It was about having fun, getting a gig, meeting some girls. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. when we played at Sagad? Oh my God! I just saw that video on Facebook. That's the point of Pasok. Oh That's my God! That's a long trip, man. And we yeah, only stayed there for a night, and we went back. But that was an amazing gig, though. That was an yeah, amazing. Yeah. I remember that gig so clearly. Eggpie, yeah. yeah, you know, Eggpie. I remember we had to sleep because we got there late, diba? Yeah, yeah. We, got yeah. we had to sleep. Night. We had to sleep. Yeah. We had to sleep in the but we house. Sleep because we were on acid. <laughs> no, but but you know, but then but we were on acid. But we were trying to behave so much because we had to stay in the priest's house. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. We had <laughs> accommodations, namin, hindi hotel, hindi hostel, hindi you know, one Airbnb non. Natutulog kami yung accommodations namin sa bahay ng pare sa parish ng Sagada. So lahat kami, mga rock and roll, mga long hair, trying to behave because the priest is, you know, ito yung kama nyo, ito yung blanket nyo. And we're all tripping our asses off trying to be behaved because this is the priest who's taking us in for the night. And then we had to play a gig, di ba? Dami nating adventures pa. It was fun. fun. That's a gada trip. We even played in Maelia's Maelia's place, di ba? In Baguio. Yeah, in Baguio. Our Baguio days, our Baguio days were also fun, man. You can wear your leather jackets and all that. Yeah. O siyempre, di ba, malamig sa Baguio. So siyempre, lahat ng mga rock stars, tangina, pasikatan ng leather jacket, di ba? We would also, like, pasikatan ng leather jacket, tapos pamurahan din. Kasi, uh-huh. o oh, nakuta ko sa ukay-ukay, 50 lang. Tapos sa akin, 25 pesos lang, di ba? Pasikatan pa kami yung ganun eh. I remember that time in Baguio where the ukay-ukays were like going yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. That I must have crazy. had like eight or nine leather jackets. Because every time we'd go up there, uy, maganda yan, pare. Oh. <laughs> then when, when we get back to Manila, we can't wear them. <laughs> So exactly. freaking hot, man. Exactly. But then it's so it's so tragic. I had eight leather jackets, you know, <laughs> just because just because of our Baguio days. You know, when I could when it could still fit on me because I was like a hundred pounds lighter back then. <laughs> because we were just having a lot of fun, probably. So okay, so after like your Baguio, we had our Baguio days and the Coco Jam days and all that. And I started working for Hit Productions. And you know, you guys were still working you guys, we were there were still gigs in Cali and all that. And that led to the Bodhisattvas album. Somehow the connections, the universe. I think I, you know, I, think I was playing. I was playing at Bistro Seventies with Grace Nono. Are you on time? I took a break yeah. from Coco Jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I even played because even if I'm in Coco Jam, I still get to you know. I mean, zigzag with another band, you know, just for the night or something. Only for friends, no. I mean. Yeah. I can't say no to Grace. So I said, okay, I'll play. I'll play a couple of months with you. And so this it is Grace was me. Her solo. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. The first one, the first one, yeah. Yeah. You know, Sally Dumai and all that, you know. And it was like, um, it was Rene Chong on drums, Bobby Tyler on bass, Tating Katindig on keyboard. So it was a different kind of, it was different. It was more progressive, you know, more jazzier. But the Filipino culture sound. Yeah, she, it she was would still be, there. Yeah, it was uh, because Grace is Grace is the ethnic singer. Yeah, and hey, Grace, you know Grace is super talented, and she's an amazing artist. Wow. But, you know she's she's yeah. also really hot. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure it was easy to say, yeah, I'll play with you. <laughs> you know, I even played with her band before, the Blank, the Blank at Music Museum. I have a karma of playing with the last of the 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 band's days. <laughs> I always end up like, where they go? Yeah, it's gone, man. June, it's finished. The band's not playing anymore. Oh, okay, I gotta move, man. So I gotta, I gotta like hop on to another band. But then and Grace told me, like, I'm going to put up something. Just play with me if you can. You know, I know you're with Coco Jam for a while. You know, I mean, just play with me if I need you. Yeah, sure, anytime, Grace. You know, and then that's why she, you know, that's why she gave you a song. And played on your album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Album. So the Bodhisattva's album was an actually a, a crazy concept because usually, you know, back then, you know, rock and roll was just taking off. We had the eraser heads breaking the mold. Um, all of yeah. a sudden, the, the 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 industry, the music industry, was interested in rock and roll. And um, you you didn't have a band. You didn't have a solid band. So when you came up, what made because you think I was getting on your friends? Because I was a, like a ram. Yeah, because I was, I think I was a, I was just a rambling man. I, I was just like, I'm like, gosh, I, I can fit in here, fit in there. You know, I'm a, I'm a troubleshooter kind of guy. So I, I play, I play, I play, but I never had my own band. Up to now, I still don't have my own band. So I am the- my own band. <laughs> <laughs> So when you put the Bodhisattvas together, and the Bodhisattvas, um, you know, not a lot of people have heard um, because you know uh, that's that's one of the rarest albums of Pinoy rock that you can't get. Only a few select people actually managed to get it. It was a very different concept. It was uh, June. It was June Lupita's album, and he basically put together all his friends. So we had we had Coco Jam, we had Sammy of Spy, we had. Pepe was there, yeah, Grace Pepe, No No, and then Coco Grace Jam was there. So basically, and then Chicoy of the Jerks was there, and they all contributed songs and uh, helped also. Then June composed also songs. So what made you think of that process? Because that was unheard of here, huh? You know, that was a first. Nobody had really done an album like that where a guitar player who could sing was featured on a solo album, but you had all these amazing people also on it. So what made you think of doing that? Actually, it wasn't my idea. I think it uh, it was Baba's idea, Baba Balsa's ah. idea, to put it all together during that time. Since all these guys, why don't you ask them to play with you? So, yeah, so I asked them. And they all and said the, yes. Because I, I, I didn't know any about the business and the people to talk to. And in Bistro 70s offered me that, would okay. you like to do a solo album? At our studio, so I go okay. I mean, that's what Why can not? I say? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember so, back in those days, that was the beginning lang of digital um, recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At tayong, so, so That's uh, why you know, we were we were doing it at Audio Captain, and yeah. then we do it at at at, at Hit, you know, because that's and digital. 
and then we, we also did it in uh, tracks. tracks. We went to tracks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was done differently, you know, right? Yeah. We we, we would be hopping. We would be hopping studios because yeah, yeah. back then hit, hit productions didn't Just have a, a drummer. They don't have that equipment here, and this song needs that equipment there. Uh-oh. We had to go back there, you know. Yeah. So we had to track all the drums in uh, tracks and in audio captain. Yeah. Yeah. Kasi walang yeah. Drum, walang yeah. Walang drum, drums. Yung, was hit oh, yeah, yeah. Hit, there right? wasn't. Any, I, re- yeah. I remember those sessions when I was a, I was the second engineer for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, album. It was also fun the there doing the album. <laughs> yeah. It, oh my God! It was like we would take all night to the point <laughs> it was where. Like, the trips, man. <laughs> we were having so much fun mixing the album to the point where there were several nights when we were mixing songs that we realized, and thank God we realized it, na parang, oh no, I think I'm too drunk to mix this. <laughs> and then you yeah, look around you, <laughs> and then you look around you, and there are like three empty bottles of Jack Daniels lying around, there are empty beer bottles, and we're like, why don't we take a break? <laughs> <laughs> and come back tomorrow because I think we're having too much fun to actually do a good job. But that was the beginning. That was the very beginning of digital um, audio workstations. Yeah. That was the very beginning of digital. Um, and I think um, I love that album because it made the best of both worlds. It uh-huh. used analog. We had analog sentiments. Uh, we had analog tracks. And we had a digital element as well into it. And we were learning what to do on the fly because we didn't know what Half the time, we didn't know what we were doing. But, you know, I think our guiding light was to just try to mix or create the best song that we possibly can. And you know what? For those of you who don't know, have never been in an album with June, right? Or in a studio with June. He's Mr. Take One, okay? <laughs> and and he's going to insist on that Take One because that's when, what did you say? That's where, that's where it's pure. That's where the song is. <laughs> that's where the yeah, that's edge where the, is. That's yeah. where it is. Because if you take, yeah, but we always save the second and the third and the fourth and the yeah. fifth and all that. And when you start listening to the takes and you combine it to the rhythm section, uh, let's go back to the first one because that's where it screams well. That's where the, the X factor is. And that's, I know, that's that's not just, I mean, like that's where the X factor is because that's where it comes out pure. And even mm-hmm. if it's not a perfect take, that's yeah. where the soul is. So I'm a now firm I believer. Think, now that. I think, Jamie, now I think I know now. I'll be the Mr. Take Two. <laughs> no, no, because it's it's better on the second take now with me. It's better on the second. Is that because of age? I figure out already all the edges that can be trimmed on the first take, and I can still repeat it the same intensity on the second take. But don't give me the third and fourth, man. No, because like what we when when we're recording June, you know, take one, and then he would actually take off his guitar and walk out of the studio, and I'm like, June, wait, let's take a safety. Guys, it's never been easier to make a podcast. All you got to do is look for a great app called Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast on your computer or straight from your phone. All the creation tools you need in one place, plus an idiot-proof interface. Man, you can create, publish, and distribute whatever you want to say. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Smooth like butter, baby. Let's take a safety take. And he's like, huh? Safety? Why? Come on. Just We would have to coax you back into the studio, June, to do a take <laughs> two, take three. 
And then, you know, at the end of the day, specifically for this album, we would always somehow go back to take one. And of course, June is just there laughing behind me as I'm trying to mix, right? June's laughing there behind me going, oh, tamo, take one din tayo eh. Bakit mo pa ako pinagawa ng take four, take five? <laughs> and it's always good to have a safety, right? Um, you won you won two awards that year in the NU Rock Awards for that album. Oh, sorry, the next year. Um, after when it was released in 1995. For the yeah. NU Rock Awards, you won uh, the best guitarist, which is a long time coming. And yeah. um, you also won for the best rock recording for Pure Souls, which you wrote. Yeah. And I remember yeah. doing... Yeah, we were at Meralco, we were smoking. And <laughs> I told you, no, I'm not going to win this, you know, because Eraserhead's there. Francis M is there, River Maya's there. I mean, who am I? You know, I, I, they don't even know me. So let's just go out and smoke, man. And, and then this, they called your name. The guard comes to us like, hey, sir, are you June Lupito? No, I pointed at you. No, it's him. He's <laughs> holding the joint. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> yeah, you guys won. Okay, we won. Okay, we went in and somebody was up there. Salito was holding all I, the trophies up there. Yeah, our producer, Salito Malco, was the one holding in the trophy and he was so pissed because he made sure we were there. And of course, <laughs> we chose that exact moment to step out. Nah, nah, we're not going to win. Let's go. You know? And that was that's a classic Mr. Bean moment right there. You know, we all, yeah, have, we all have our Mr. Bean. Bean. We all have our Mr. Bean moments. So, you know, with with uh, with June's Bodhisattva's album, that that was, I think, my first experience in terms of, you know, I mean, we had to deal with all these rock stars in the studio. I mean, recording Pepe, recording you, recording Jokno Pasilan for Pepito's yeah. Dream. Um, we had, you know, recording Grace was a lot of fun because Grace was my biggest crush. Yeah, yeah, then. yeah. It's so, just, just straight up, so, up front, man. <laughs> so when when you guys were telling me, when you and Baba were telling me, Jamie, kailangan mo isundo tsaka ihatid si Grace, ha? Sabi ko, sure. Game. Kasi crush ko siya, Diba? Tapos babalik ako, tapos magbimix pa ako ng album. Pero okay lang, ihahatid ko si Grace, no, no. And, you know, like getting all these personalities... Um, everybody has a different behavior. Like June in the studio is Mr. Take One. Raleigh wanted to stay away, like 20 feet away from the mic because he was deathly afraid of the mic. He didn't like the way, right? You remember that? He didn't like the way he sounded on tape. Yeah, yeah, but he wants to sound away. So he was like from one corner of the room and the mic was on the other corner. And I'm like, Raleigh, we can't do that, you know? We can't hear you, Ronnie. <laughs> you sound so far away. So far, man. And then when Pepe came in, Pepe had just gotten out that time, right? Yeah. yeah. Lang ni Pepe yeah. Yeah. And then you wanted him for two tracks, which was Rock and Roll ng Bayan for vocals. And that's and Mr. One Take right there. Yeah, that's he Mr. One in, Take. He barely knew the song. He just listened to it, checked out the lyrics, came in, one take, it was perfect. And that's Pepe for you. And then he played also drums. The, it was the drums first time he played drums. Blues on the Loose. Yeah. yeah, for Blues on the Loose. And that was another one. Um, I remember being there in tracks with Angie tracking it, Angie Rosul, no? And it was the first time Pepe had played drums in decades. Yeah, yeah. So, so he lays down the drum track and it was perfect in take one. But Pepe kept on saying, it's a punk take, it's a punk take. Just because he was okay, having so okay. much fun. He was having so much fun behind the drum set because he's so tired of not playing, right? 
Uh-huh. So, sabi ko, oh no, nakatake 12 na ata tayo. I think Pepe's just having fun. And, you know, inevitably, we still used his first take. You know, we had to tell Pepe, Pepe, tama na yan. Mahal na yung studio time, pare. Mahal na yung, wala tayong budget. And we still used take one. And that was fantastic because I had never actually seen Pepe. I've seen Pepe sing and play the guitar, but I'd never seen him play drums. And that was insane, man. That was He's like Ginger Baker. He's like Ginger Baker. He plays like Ginger Baker. He was trying to be like Ginger Baker. He was yeah. getting all the chops of Ginger Baker. Edmund was a different cat. He he he's uh, more of a, a stray cat kind of guy, you know. Like mm. uh, his idol, I remember if I recall correctly, is um, Gene Cooper. It's an mm. old uh, 50s, 60s drummer. Very good, very good drummer. I think he's the drummer of Frank Sinatra. You know? But it's like a wild man, you know. That's why Edmund's a wild man. Plus, he yeah. liked the drummer of The Who. What's the name of that guy? Keith uh, Moon. Keith Moon, yeah. Yeah, Keith Moon. So when, when, uh, the, so when, when after we released the Bodhisattvas album, then only then did we figure out that we have to put a band together to actually yeah. play the music live. Yeah. So <laughs> that I remember, was the hard part. <laughs> you know, it's like we have to get a house band together and start playing this live because that's how you promote it, right? You have to gig live and we had a lot of memorable gigs with the bodhisattvas because i was june's like backup singer and i would take on some vocals sometimes i remember one particular gig where we paid we played on the pba halftime ah yeah yeah and, it's okay, a so, it's a yeah, we, yeah yeah and we who had got to play that, who got that gig for us <laughs> i i have no idea but all of a sudden we were there in in you know on the PBA court we were playing at the halftime and back then wala pang masyadong setup so we had to play we had to lip sync diba we yeah, had to yeah, lip sync to yeah. pure souls and of course june no 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 it was i think rock and roll and bayan it rock and, yeah it was rock and roll and bayan yeah. okay it was rock and roll and bayan and um and of course june is a really big basketball fan okay <laughs> so of course during the guitar solo and you know since june was pick on that you know we had to play uh, lip sync he was playing a walis. He wasn't playing a guitar. I mean, just to thumb his nose at the... Tangin na naman, pinapa-lip-sync nyo ako. Ano, ano to, di ba? So he was, playing the, he was playing the walis. And during the guitar solo, and I knew this was going to happen, it, but it was never discussed, right? And I knew it was going to happen. During the guitar solo, he puts down the walis. He walks up to one of the coaches who was holding the ball, or the referee was holding the ball. And June just said, okay, give me the ball. And the coach, out of instinct, okay, kasi siyempre, sanayang pag-player, di ba? You know, pass me the ball. So the, 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 the referee naman passes the ball to, um, to June, and June proceeds to do a dribble, and, and, and he, he, he nails a three-point shot. <laughs> and, and he nails a three-point shot, and we're all there pretending we're playing, di ba? We're just pretending we're playing. <laughs> Because it's plus one, it's it's lip sync, naman. And he, he nails the three point shot, and he runs back, picks up the walis right when the vocals come back on. As if nothing <laughs> happened, tuloy lang. And I remember and that so clearly. And all that, the guys, patrimonio, uh, who's the other guy, lastimosa. They were like, "What the hell happened there?" This little, this little who's guitar this, player guy, little, you little know, guy. Here. Does a three-point shot, man, on the first go. And well, I yeah, practice a lot, man. I practice. A... 
that was a funny, funny gig. And then from what he said to us, okay, so for no, no, somebody, the referee, the referee was Varela. Mm, I don't know. I don't. I'm not a basketball fan, so I, I had no idea. At the, at the Hobbit before. Ah, so he, 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 he knows me. So he gave me the ball, <laughs> and I say, okay. Three points, pare. I was stepping on the line, so it wasn't really a three point. <laughs> it wasn't a game. Any, I mean, what what amazed me is that you were able to get the ball, do a three point shot, and come back in time to sing, even if it was a plus one, man. <laughs> you know, even if you were lip syncing, you know, you picked up the walis, played, pretended to play guitar on the walis, and continued singing as if nothing had happened. I was like, yeah, man, that's rock and roll, pare. <laughs> that's a halftime show right there. <laughs> And then yeah, you did, yeah, okay, nobody so, noticed us anyway. You know? Yeah, I mean, they weren't there for us. They were there for the game. Yeah. So we were just like messing around like crazy. And then so after after Bodhisattvas, um, we can talk about our gigs all night, but we got to get yeah, how yeah. you landed in offshore music. Um, um, and for, those you, for those of you tonight, um, you are tuning in, we're going to be picking the, the best question, the best comment on the feed, and you're going to get a copy of the offshore music compilation album which june has a great song on called weed the world and of course yeah we all love that sentiment right but how did you land in offshore man 2000 and 2006 i decided to uh, 2007 i think i decided to to leave manila again and because i can't i can't i can't get the feel to make songs so i went back to kido on a on a New Year's, uh, it's like a, it was December 31, 1987, uh, mm-hmm. a, 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 a 2007 going to 2008. So I went there and said, can I stay here for a while? And then I talked to him, can I stay here for quite some time? And said, you, you know, it's so, I mean, Kido is a very, he's a kind-hearted person. Like, yeah. Yeah, no problem. You, you just have this Kubo here. So I, you know, I I brought my stuff, lived there again and start writing the songs. So most of the songs that's in Offshore, the one I recorded, was already done there at Kalao okay. Place. And this is, this, is, this is your latest album that we're going to be talking yeah, about. The one yeah, that's about yeah. to be released in October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's called Body 3 NMRK. Yeah, yeah. So uh, NMRK, if you guys don't know, we were talking about Buddhism earlier. Our Buddhist mantra is Nam Myoho Renge Kyo, and that's the abbreviation, NMRK. Yeah. And so these songs were written in Puerto Galera back in 2007 when you decided to take a break. Um, and then what made you decide to come back, and how did you hook up with, with Offshore? I met Sandra. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Sandra. She's in the background. Yeah, yeah. Hi. And all that. And um, Chong, Chong, uh, Rene Santos brought them there, you know, for a break or something. And yeah, it's just, it's just there. And so, um, yeah, that, that's the good. real offshore, you know. I mean, they, <laughs> <laughs> that was the other shore, man. <laughs> And so, yeah. um, so you started um, recording. Um, who do, who were you talking to? Were you talking to Ellie directly? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah I wasn't really ready to talk to anybody because I uh, I was taking care of Lazuli. You know, she was growing up and she was going to school. I had to go there because Sanders goes to the hospital and all that, take care of business. So, and then I I get a, a phone call from Juno, 
of mm. Yovanda, yeah. And mm. he said, like, uh, if I wanted to to do an album and all of this thing, you know. He set up a meeting for Raymond Marasigan because they got mm. a studio somewhere. Yeah. And said, you can do your thing here. And so, okay, then we talked and um, I said, I- I'm I'm... I'm kind of ancient, man. I mean, I, I, I can't follow the rhythm of the youth now. Most likely, I, I have to have my own time to record. I can't yeah. do a, a two-hour day and do it there. It's not me. It has to take some time for me now to get back to, to groove and get yeah. that, that, that facing. Yeah. It, uh, it, it kind of hangs suspended for a while. And... Mm. And then um, uh, Juno called me again and he said, like, um, uh, Ellie wanted to talk to you. I said, okay. So, what, uh, it's like, what about, you know, for a stu- uh, studio work or something? So, okay. The, so I had a chance. So I said, I'm, I'm going to say the same thing as I, what I said, Raymond. Like, I need time, uh, lots of time to do an album because... I can't, I have to face myself when I'm going to the studio, you know. Because when you go to the studio, they give you a time, a time limit. Like, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, two hours and it's hard, man. It's hard. Like what we did in hit production. Yeah, I can do that. I was like 32 years old. Now I'm 62. It's hard for me to, to, to do that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and then... I asked Ellie and Ellie just said, yeah, sure. Do your thing, you know. I mean, there's no, no rush, no, no just, just do it. So when did this start? When, when did you start recording? Is this like two years in the making, three years in the making? It's like three years in the making, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry to say about that, you know what I mean? No, well, I know, I mean, I know Ellie's kind of, you know, he's a nice guy. He's patient enough for, to take me to this uh to this limit, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm grateful, man. I'm still grateful. And so who, who do you have? I, in the I'm, I'm not putting down Raymond or anything. It's, it just didn't work with the time. Yeah. It, it didn't, click. didn't work with the time. I can't yeah. work with two hours. You yeah. can't give me two hours on a traffic day going to Marikina. That's pretty bad for me. You know? That's already two hours. That's okay, already three hours. The traffic will drain me by the time I play there. I'll, Probably play Leron Leron Sinta, you know. What I mean? <laughs> no way, I, I could I couldn't do that. With Ellie, so, gave me all the, the the time I can. You know. Who do you have on the album? Is it a different format um, than the Bodhisattvas well, album? It's like, it's like the Bodhisattvas, but different players. But mm-hmm. most of the songs are mine. Nine of the songs are mine. One is um, from Paul Putian of CBI. So, and so um, yeah. we've heard ask we've heard your maybe I has one song also there, but it's it's like it's already full. So I pulled it out and I gave it to them, yeah, for, for their use. Um, so there there's some people who are asking here. So let's take a question from Gold Gold soon. Is there a young artist now that you would want to collaborate with? Here young, now in COVID yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, for example, kung walang COVID. Okay. Or actually, okay, so let's expand. Let's expand um, the question, okay? Who would you want to collaborate with? Any artist. Any artist. International, local, I like to, old, I like to, young. I like to jam with Keith Richards. There you go. See, I knew that was coming up. Or yeah, Eric man. Clapton for that or man. Clapton. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine you guys doing a I, guitar. I can jam too. with Eric and Keith all at the same time. 
and I will be there recording this and I'll interview you afterwards. <laughs> Shell, I, no, wait, I, what I, am can I... Also go, I can also go a little punk, you know. I can, I could, I, I like to jam with Paul Westerberg if I sure. may. Yeah, I'll, basta I'll, I'll sing, okay? Yeah, of <laughs> course. Na baka plan, I'll sing. Yeah. <laughs> now, so there's a question from Karina Bustarga. Um, how different is June's Bodhisattva's album to the latest version that he's working on? So let's talk about your two singles that you released from your new album. Um, yeah. We heard Moonflowers first, which I think yeah. is a beautiful yeah. song that has a beautiful, unexpected piano um, yeah. coming out in the end, which reminded me of, you know, perhaps um, your... It, it almost reminded me of the extra of Layla, you know, uh-huh. of the original yeah. version, but in, your, but in the flavor of Moonflowers. And we also yeah. heard um, the other... The, the second single that you put out was Sagala Girl. Uh-huh. Um, so who is the Sagala girl? Sagala girl is uh, like for me, it's all the the beauty queens in our country, you know, or all, all over the world, I guess, you know, for that matter. But actually, the Sagala girl, going back to the time when I was starting, when I was playing for all these Reina Elenas, that yeah. came in my head. Though all I could, while I was doing those songs, I could see myself back on that time. Playing yeah. with all these Sagala girls that we used to play at the back. I call them Sagala girls. They're Reina Elenas, you know, in the yeah. Forest de Mayo thing, you know. Yeah. So that's your that's so your I, tribute I, to all the beauty queens. Yeah. In the in the picture, I got my um, granddaughter, yeah, granddaughter Andrea to do it to do the the, the picture. The yeah. I asked her because she's photo. been also been in the, the so these beauty queens. She's uh, she's always she's like Miss Baggio for I don't know what year for she's on that road she's a model and she's a wushu uh, so anybody wow. wants to try something watch it man <laughs> <laughs> we have a question here from Tirso Ripoll hey Tirso how you doing hey Tirso um, Tirso I'm running out of tobacco man. <laughs> Yeah, send some tobacco his way, man. Oh, Chino Singson also from the Itchy Worms. Same question, okay? What guitars are you using on this new album? Uh, I was using our uh, a Melody Maker, 1954 Melody Maker. My tailor, the acoustic, I always put a acoustic on the bed before I... Yeah. You know, and then um, the bed of the trap, not the, my bed, okay? <laughs> So I uh, I uh, I use that a strat my strat mm-hmm. uh, this this Japanese that's given to me by uh, by Andy Loxin. Uh, hi Andy you know Hey Andy yeah uh, I I got I I was using that and then my uh, 1970 Maple Neck Strat too and that's about it I guess those those four guitars You're not very you're not very gadget heavy uh, yeah. In terms of well, pedals before, and stuff, I, I try to blend in with the gadgets. But what I notice is, notice is when I play, when I make the sound, or when I record it, it's not brillo, it's not clear, it's not, mm. it's not there. There's no bite. It's like it's it's like toothless, you know. I mean, it's not there. I but try it's, but it's going through too many effects. Yeah, yeah, the effects drowns the clarity of the tone of the guitar. Remember, the guitar uh, is like the electric guitar is like a, an acoustic. You just put an amp yeah. for an extension to make it louder. 
Yeah. Like, of course, Robert Johnson was playing acoustic and Muddy Waters electrified it. So it became more, more heard. So for me, it's just like the amp and the guitar is enough for me. Anyway, it's digital now. So they can tweak some effects in it. If, yeah, but, but even like when you play live, huh? when you, even when you play live, wala ka masyadong gadgets eh. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't. I crank up the volume a bit, so I have yeah, a little. Yeah, I know, I know that, dude. I, I played with you. <laughs> you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the middle of uh, the dirty and the clean. You know, you know, it's just something there. You know, there's edges. another, there's another question here from Neil Bantugan. Do you have any preferred amplifiers? What's your favorite amplifier, June? Because that that matters. Well, you know? during the time, I was using Marshalls. For Fenders, I like Marshalls. Okay. But nowadays... For, fen- for Fender guitarists, you like playing them through a Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it was all tubes, you know. The the the, the more the, the tubes are heated, the, the, the more the power of that amp goes. The Marshall amps or a twin reverb that's good for me. Yeah, Fender twin reverb is all, pretty good all too. All tubes, uh, all tubes. But then came the transistor and all these uh, digital thing. You can copy the sound, yeah. but you can't copy the intensity of the brightness of that moment when you play it. It's not the same. So I still, when, when I was recording with at Offshore with Ellie, I always wanted to plug in the, the amp. Yeah. But the problem with my strat is the problem with that kind of plugging is sometimes the pickup has hums, 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 mm-hmm. hums. I thought we we're already advanced in digital things. Trying to big noise that and erase that, you know. I mean, I mean that's what I thought the, the digital can do. I think they can, you know. Yeah, yeah, but so, there's still some limitations. There's I see Juno Bandas here. Hi Juno. Hi direct Juno. Um, hey, he said that no. he said that you love no, the. the he said that you love the matchless amp. Ah, yeah, yeah. Because Juno, Juno told me use this. I said, "Whoa, this is like this is like Twin Reverb and Marshall all in one." But then I asked Juno how much is it. Don't forget that one. I'll just buy. That's you the know? thing. That's the thing with Juno Band's gear. You know, he makes me listen to headphones, and it sounds like the best I've ever heard. And then I ask how much his headphones are, and I can buy a car. <laughs> First headphones, and I don't even have enough money to buy a bicycle. You know what I mean? So I'm like, wow, yeah, I can't afford yeah. that. But can I come to a listening party? You know, to your house. Yeah. So you know, like as soon I'll as, as pro- soon as I'll just probably buy a lot of greens, man. As soon as as soon as the pandemic like lifts, pare, we should have a listening party in Juno's house, man, because he's got some amazing gear. Let's gather so, at the Araneta Coliseum and let's have a big party. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You know the first gigs that we're talking about when once the pandemic lifts are going to yeah. be insane, and we can't. Yeah. I mean, I for one cannot wait to to uh, listen to your new album, which is Body Three NMRK, that's coming out in October on Offshore uh-huh. Music, and uh-huh. um and I you know even better, I can't wait to hear it live in a bar in at a gig. You know, just to, to see it played live, it's still a different experience, you know. Although I'm grateful that you guys are recording and it's going to come out. And I, but for me, nothing beats the live experience. Eh? Because I, I mean, knowing you, June, iibayan pag live. Yeah, of course. Anybody who plays live, it becomes different. 
If yeah. you try to copy yourself, yeah, sure. I mean, who are you pleasing? The audience, the promoter or something? Yeah, of course, that's it. But I think when it comes to music, it's different when you when you paint. You mm. paint, you capture it. It's already yeah. there, right? Music, you record, but when you play it, the artist play it, can still play it live, it becomes different. It's a moving picture. It's a yeah. moving energy. It's yeah. different. But they always go back to where it starts, of course. Yeah. You have to end and start. Oh, Nino Mendoza, so, Nino Mendoza says hello. That's where you, know, you put a sax here, you put a, a flute here, you know. I mean, it can be anything. Uh, Nino, Nino Mendoza says hello, uh, says he misses you. Congratulations. Congratulations on the new single, Sagala Girls Rhythm Groove. Just drive me crazy, Mama. Yeah. I can hear I can hear Nino's voice actually saying yeah, yeah. that. Doesn't Nino have a coffee shop or something? Or he's yeah, selling- he's doing um he's he's selling coffee now. It's uh, it's called the Misty Mountain Cafe. Yeah, I Misty buy yeah. I buy my coffee from him. Yeah, we're fantastic. running out of coffee. Can you send <laughs> Um, there's uh, Olivia. There's an Olivia Gonzalez and one here saying, "Hey Jamie, tell my uncle I am watching. Love Jeng." So Jeng is saying hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's in uh Seattle. I think he's in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. How's the COVID so- there, man? <laughs> Oh, there's a request here also from Do- Doas Marks. Please reissue Bodhisattvas on vinyl. Fingers crossed, baby. We're working on it. We're working, We're working on, on it. it man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, before before we go backwards, you know, I think I, I for one, am really excited to hear the uh, the rest of the songs on the new album of June. Um, that's Body Body 3 and MRK. It's, uh, it sounds exciting. And, you know, what's important, I think, when you know talking about how June started earlier in the program, where you know he started playing with a choir and he went through folk singing and jazz and all that to see how he sounds now, because I think June and I were having a conversation earlier that um, it's you play differently now, June, and hearing your singles like on Moonflowers and Sagala Girl, um, yeah, I can I can see, I can hear the difference of how you are playing, the choices that you make, the feel. Because I played with you live and I was there in the Bodhisattvas album. So I can't wait to hear the new album. Um, how have you changed um, or grown in terms of your, uh, in terms of your playing? It's like, uh, it's one, it's like uh, when, um, when you get older, I guess, you know, it's like uh, you get all the experiences from the past and you try to look at the future. You hear the, the new sounds and... You try to put them together. You see what's happening around you. What you do nowadays, it re- it reflects to the character. And when you start to play, it comes out there. Remember, I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wild cat, you know. I mean, before when I was a punk and ev- anybody steps on the stage, I smash him with a guitar, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I try to take that away and try to chant for the people that I hurt, try to do good, try to control that anger and transform it to a better energy for creativity. And that's a, that's a, that's a really good journey in terms, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. What the, that's what we should do. I mean, we should get, like Tirso Ripoll saying, we age like a fine wine or a fine wino. 
right? Yeah. Um, hopefully, we get better with age. We get um, mellow uh, with age. Yes, transform your yeah. anger into creativity. Uh, you know, turn the turn the negative into positive. Yeah, uh, yeah. Turn the poison into wine, and that's that's yeah. that's a Buddhist yeah. precept right there. You know, that's the core of our Buddhism because our Buddhism is based on the lotus flower. And the lotus flower is a beautiful flower that grows in dirty water, in murky water. Uh-huh. It's not one of these like nice, you know, flowers that you see that you can just pick up like roses, you know. It's you know, beauty it, coming out of dirt. You know, that I just, I just found out, I was just watching NHK about mm-hmm. the lotus flower. Lotus flower is like it's there. This the 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 metaphor, the the dirty water and all that. And it, the physical aspect of it, it's still there. They they found out that the the leaves of the the lotus flower. This Japanese scientist synthesized it and made it to a paint that mm. can. It goes with the the shadow of the the light. Wow! And it doesn't rust. Wow! Yes! Ah, that's amazing. That, I just found out a couple of days ago, this Japanese guy who is uh, who's the founder of this Toyo, Toyo, mm. nah, Toyo something company. Yeah. And I, when every time I read the SGI magazine, I see that Toyo company at the back. Yeah, they do construction um, stuff, I think. I in think Toyo so, yeah. It's, 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 a new, it's a new kind of paint. They paint cars. It's, it's a fabric also. It, it it's funny, you know. I mean, both and physically that's all from- and spiritually, it has meaning. The lotus yeah. is is a wonderful plant, man, a flower. To quote Neil Young, "Rust never sleeps, man." Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Only, okay, only so <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need to sleep, you know. Um, and that's why. Okay, so we're gonna go on the rundown, all right? So this is okay. Like okay. my basic ten questions that I that I'm gonna be asking on every show. Uh, this is based on James Lipton's ten questions, but I've modified it a little bit to fit the rock and roll lifestyle. So June, um, I just wanted you to answer this quickly. No need for explanations, right? Okay. Um, and it's the first thing that pops into your head. So, um, first question is, what is your favorite word? Okie dokie. <laughs> Okie dokie. What is your least favorite word? Word. Least or the one I don't like. Yeah, the one that you don't like. The word. What's the word you don't like the most? I can't say it uh, on air, right? Yeah, you can. Really? It's the internet. Yeah, it's the internet. Fuck my neighbor. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's like more than one word. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's horrible. All right, what turns you on? Music. Turns me on. Plants turns me on. You know. <laughs> just one. You yeah, have to well, give just one answer. Yeah, well, one don't, answer. don't get me wrong. I still get turned on by, by girls and all that. You know? <laughs> it's, it's what I want now, you know. Let's music. go with music. Okay, music. All right. So what turns you off? Neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> neighbors. 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 Uh, I mean, neighbors. What turns me off is um, you try to talk to people. And the people just won't accept. So what do you do? You don't push it. You just leave. You just get okay. out of that scene. You know. So closed-minded people. All right. Yeah. Um, what sound? Yeah, I don't have to that sometimes, you know. What sound or noise do you love? I like the sound of the the birds singing in the morning. Yeah. Sometimes it's accompanied by the water pump. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it's so what you know, I mean, the water, you know, probably it's just the waterfalls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's nature, 
nature. Nature, nature sounds. Okay, so what sound or noise do you hate? People shouting like in a tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Know, I mean, you know, cars that are noisy. You know I mean, noise can be beautiful sometimes. You know, I mean, yeah. but when it's when it's Pass with the negative energy. The sound is a negative energy. Yeah. That's annoying because you can feel it. I don't know. I can feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know the other people. Okay. What's your favorite curse word? Fuck. Yeah. There you go. Um, what's your favorite drink of all time? I used to drink um, Jack Daniels, you know. But now I think I'm moving to this, uh, what's this? Irish milk. Bailey's, I like this. Bailey's. Bailey's, nice and sweet. Yeah, yeah, huh? Bailey's. It's, nice, it's nice. It's like milk and all that. You know, you got it, and, man. And you're good. And you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, well, if um, there's not none around, I still drink beer. You know, that's that's yeah. about it. And what's your beer? Pale, pale? dry. You you no, still drink yeah, pale? Whatever there is, you know. Especially if you're in the jungle, you know. <laughs> um. Okay. So if yeah. you. If your face was on a t-shirt, what would a t-shirt say? Nam yo horengekyo. Yeah, nice, nice. And okay, so for my last question here, um, for the tenth question, if you were to meet God, and God, uh, when you when you when you cross over to the next life and you met God and God received you in the pearly gates, what would He say to you, or what would you like Him to say to you? We have a joint. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, baby, and that Let's rock and roll. Man. Let's start replanting <laughs> marijuana in this goddamn planet. Weed the world, baby. Weed the world. Weed the world. Yeah, it's weed the world. All right. Okay. So one, one for the road. One last question for the road. Okay, for anyone starting out in music today, what words of advice would you give them? Just be true to yourself and practice a lot. Because when the time comes for that solo or that gig or whatever, you're ready. You just have to practice every day. One hour. To one minute, you know, touch the guitar once in a while. And don't watch any video to copy anybody. You play from your heart. The heart beats for your, for your music. Yeah. The mind just disturbs you sometimes because mind is just like the wind. It keeps on swirling away. But when you play with your heart, I don't know what's going to get, go wrong with that. So be yourself and practice, play with your heart. Practice. And for the electric guitar players, practice on acoustic before you get up on that night gig. Practice with acoustic. Because it's like, uh, you know, when the players, they have this ball, the heavy ball thing, and then when yeah. they touch the ball, it's light, right? Yeah. So yes. it's strings, you practice with the heavy gay, uh, and the acoustic is already heavy. Once you start holding the electric, it's just like peanuts. It's just like, you know, you run like the wind, you know. All right. Thank you, June. So that's 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 words of wisdom from June Lupito. Be yourself. Play with your Be heart. Yourself. Don't copy anybody. And for the guitar players, practice an acoustic first before you pick up that electric for the gig as a warm-up. Thank you, June. All right. So we're yeah. going to be wrapping this up. Um, before yep. we wrap this up, like, hey, you know, um, don't forget, guys, uh, June's uh, new album is going to be dropping in October on Offshore Music. Uh, it's going to be on all streaming platforms. It's called Bodhi 3 NMRK. 
by June yep. Lupito. Um, we're all excited to hear that. Um, also, um, uh, I'm going to be announcing the winner for um, the Offshore CD that uh, okay. we got. And I think the best comment that I saw or the best question that I got was for, from Corina Bustarga. Corina Bustarga, if you're still on the stream, please message us. Please message Offshore Music or, hey, message me. If you want, yeah, that's 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 the question right there. How different is June's Bodhisattva album, the latest version that he's working on? And so you win, you win an offshore CD. All right. Um, thank you so much, June. We're gonna let yeah. you go. Thank you for sharing and giving your time okay. with us. Thank you for coming on on the rocks. More power to you. Stay safe, my brother. Stay sane. And you too, let's guys. Weed, let's you too. weed the world, baby. Let's weed the world. Hey, you know what? Oh. You know what? This sounds like a. The Jamie Wilson show. <laughs> it, it's, it sounds good. It's, it doesn't sound like it. It's like the Jamie Wilson show. No, man, we're just hanging out. I, I'm, I'm just a bartender here. You know what I mean? It's, all, it's a, always a pleasure to, uh, to talk to yeah, you, June. And I can't wait to hear the music. And I can't wait to see it live, baby. Salute. All right. All right. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, that's June Lupito for On The Rocks. Okay. So I'd just like to remind everybody. That um, you know the this this uh, on the rocks um uh, episode is going to be up on uh, a lot of streaming platforms on Sundays, so it's going to be on Spotify and you know Google Podcasts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you can catch it from there when we upload it. And um, please follow Offshore Music uh, on their Facebook page and on their Instagram page um, for more highlights. We're going to be talking to more of their artists and other artists as well on this show. So thank you for being part of the first broadcast. Thank you, June, for giving us your time. Thank you, Offshore thank you, Music. And, you know, for the last call, guys, I would like to thank everybody for showing up. And I'd like to remind everybody, please stay safe, stay strong, stay sane. And, hey, man, you know, however way you want it, you know, sometimes life gets on the rocks. And all you got to do is take that shot. Take your shot. Just keep on rolling. And keep on <laughs> rocking and keep on rolling. So, yeah, man, that's it for us. That's it for On The Rocks. And, yeah, we're a few seconds away from the two-hour mark. That's perfect. Great timing, guys. So, grazie, thanks grazie. a lot, June. Thanks, Check out thanks. the new album. And, hey, man, peace out. Thank you very much. Yeah. On The Rocks with Jamie Wilson is brought to you by Offshore Music. Go where the sound takes you.